0: Recorded live. Jeremiah Live Bible Study. Use a King James Version Bible. We're in chapter 39 of Jeremiah. Let's go to the Psalms. Psalms 120. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Jesus. Psalms 120, verse 1. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given unto thee, or what shall be done unto thee, thou false tongue? Sharp arrows of the mighty with coals of juniper. Woe is me that I sojourn in Meshech, that I dwell in the tents of Kedah, My soul hath long dwelt with him that hateth peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Yes, isn't that the way it is for a servant of God? That we want peace, you see? We don't want war. We don't want um, arguing and things like this. We don't want to hear lies and deceptions and things like this. Just like Jeremiah was telling the king and all the people the truth, but all they wanted to do was silence him and hurt him, and of course they lied about him because they didn't want to hear what he had to say. And of course he kept his eyes on God, and he wanted peace. See, that's The difference between a person that's working with the Holy Spirit's leading them and a person that is just letting their flesh lead them. When you're in a conversation with a person who disagrees with your idea of what the Bible says, and the person can discuss the you know, the words of the Bible and what it says without getting into name calling and that kind of a thing and venom in their mouth and no peace and putting you down, you know, then guess what? Uh, That's the leading of the Holy Spirit, the person that doesn't do that. So, Understand that if you get into debates and things with people and you get negative and calling them names and putting them down and that kind of thing and saying that they're not connected to God, they're not really listening to God, that kind of thing, uh, hopefully, my fellow believers, that you're not doing that because that's definitely not the leading of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit doesn't work like that. You have peace. Okay, and that's what you want. You want peace with someone else. If they don't accept what you say, if they don't believe what you say, well, that's fine. Just tell them what you know and then go on. Let's go to Jeremiah 39 and find out what when you don't listen to what God tells you. In the ninth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the tenth month, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army against Jerusalem, and they besieged it. Well, God told him, sure did. God said that if you do what I tell you to do, Drop down your weapons. Submit to the king of Babylon. You'll be all right. And your house will be all right. Everything will be all right. Um, But, nope. Zedekiah didn't want to do that. You see. He wanted to... What was he thinking? You know, why? Why wouldn't Zedekiah want to do what God told him to, to submit to the king of Babylon. Well, we saw, you know, in the previous chapters that it said he was afraid of those around him, even his, you know, sons, those that were his, in his court. You see, if he did that, they would kill him or want to do something to him. And he was afraid of that. So that's the way it works. People won't listen to God because they, want, they are afraid of what's going to happen to the flesh. So Nebuchadnezzar came in with his whole army and went against Jerusalem all his army, okay? And he had a great army. And so this was in the ninth year that he started the battle, okay? And in the 11th year of the of Zedekiah, in the fourth month, the ninth day of the month, the city was broken up. So the king of Babylon had a great army. He had God on him, his side, yet it still took... Two years for him to get through. Why do you think that God didn't have Nebuchadnezzar just, boom, you know, destroy the city in one blast? Because he could have. Jericho was like that. You see, that kind of stuff is nothing to God. But why? Because God gave the people two years to get it right, meaning submit to Babylon. Open the gates, make a truce, walk out, and you'll be fine. You see? Uh, but did they want to? No. Of course not. And so, like I said, that's the way it works with humans. Christians now, okay, we're not talking about people not connected to God, Israel is connected to God. So when we're looking at these stories in Jeremiah, we're looking at the Christians, okay, and the way that they act, all right? So does God bring bad stuff upon us all at once? We can't handle it. There's no hope. No, of course not. The Bible tells us that, guess what, Uh, God won't put on you more than you can bear, And he will give you a way to escape whatever it is you're going through. So it's a process of time, okay? So if things are going bad for you, then guess what? God is trying to get your attention. Obviously, he doesn't have it. So he's getting Zedekiah's attention now, but too late, time's up. And of course, that's the way it works. After a certain amount of time, time is up. You can't change what's going to happen. God gave you enough time to do it, but you decided no. Verse 3, And all the princes of the king of Babylon came in and sat in the middle gate, even uh, near Gawsharazah and Nebo and sa si chim and Rob sa and 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 Rab-mag, with all the residue of the princes of the king of Babylon. So they besieged it, they broke down the wall, it took them two years, and then when, when they finally won, all the princes came in, you know, and let them know you... Have lost. And it came to pass that when Zedekiah the king of Judah saw them and all the men of war, then they fled. Guess what? They still had one more chance. They could have gone and submitted to these princes. But instead of submitting to the princes like God had said, they're running away. And not only the king, but all the men of war. And went forth out of the city by night, by the way of the king's garden. So there was a place where the king could be and all the men of war, and they were hiding over there waiting for night. And then they moved out thinking that they were going to get away. Do you think that you can get away from God and what his um, promise to you is? If it's good, you'll get it. If it's bad, you're going to get that too. What about Jonah? <laughs> Did he think he could get away from God and and what God wanted him to do? The right thing? Uh, no. And, and so, guess what? The king ain't getting away either. And neither will you, Christian. All right? And... By the gate, betwixt the two walls. He went out the way of the plain. So he went through a little part in, you know, he tried to run away. But the Chaldeans' armies pursued after them and overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. Interesting, isn't it? Jericho. (laughs) Where, you know, where God had given Israel a victory, a big victory. All right? But now, no, no, not so much of a victory. And how did the Chaldeans' army know where they were? Because God's on the Chaldean side. You can't hide from God. And when they had taken him, they brought him up to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, to Riblah in the land of Hamas, where he gave judgment upon him. So the king of Babylon was over there, and they took the king of um, Zedekiah, they took King Zedekiah to the king of Babylon, and he's going to tell him what his punishment is. Then the king of Babylon slew the sons of Zedekiah and Riblah before his eyes. And also the kings of the king of Babylon slew all the nobles of Judah. So these people had given him a fight. He doesn't like people that fight against him. And so because you fight against him, he's going to get rid of you. He was not a good person. <laughs> you understand? Okay? And God told them, do what I tell you to do and you would be fine. But no, they didn't. They fought against God. So when you fight against God, you lose. And so the king of Babylon got rid of them all. Why? Because he didn't want trouble. Why would he take these captives and then bring them to Babylon where they could get together with the other captives and then make a, you know, um, a fight and try to go against uh, Babylon when the captives are all doing just fine, (laughs) the other ones that he took, because he, he got a few of the captives over a period of time. Um Different times, different ways he got some, but this was the final one, and he wanted those captives, and Daniel, of course, you know, was one of those captives that was uh taken to Babylon way before zedekiah, and um you know, and him and the others are just fine over there, so that's why, and God's promise said. I'm going to get rid of all your children and you're gonna see it. Moreover, he put out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him with chains to carry him to Babylon. So so Zedekiah was saw the last thing he saw was his princes be killed, his sons, and then um and bound him, and guess what? he was brought to uh, Babylon bound and blind. What a way. What a way for that king to end up when he had a chance to do what God said. And the Chaldeans burned the king's house and the houses of the people with fire and break down the walls of Jerusalem. So, just like God said, why did they burned down the king's house and burned down the houses of the people with fire because the people of Israel were worshiping other gods on their housetops. And God said, I'm going to burn them all and get rid of all those places that you worshiped other gods. Ne- then Zadar I'm sorry, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried away captive into Babylon, the remnant of the people that remained in the city. So it was only the higher-ups, the higher-ups that were killed. But the people, the other people, because you know Jerusalem's a big city, the other people that were in the city, they were not killed. Uh, they were taken away um, and brought to Babylon like Daniel was, you see, because these were just the regular folks, and the regular folks ain't interested in fighting against Babylon. God's, um, you know, displeasure in the leadership is how come these people were killed, okay, the king and his princes, but the others, uh, you know, it wasn't their fault. Uh, The king was the one in charge. So what does it say? It says the remnant of the people, the regular folk that remained in the city and those that fell away that fell to him with the rest of the people that remained. So they were taken captive into Babylon. But Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, left off the poor of the people which had nothing in the land of Judah and gave them vineyards and fields at the same time. Isn't that interesting? That's the way the king of Babylon worked. You see, the poor is always taken advantage of by the rich. And you see, remember, we read here in Jeremiah that God had said, let go of all the slaves. Let go of all the people, you know, and I'll take care of things. And, uh, but... Would the rich do that, the princes and the king and all them? They did it at first, but then they changed their mind and said, no, no, you know, we want our slaves, you see. Because the law says you only keep a slave for a certain amount of time, okay? And they had kept them over that time. So they were breaking God's law. So you see, this was God's reward for the poor, all right? So he used um, the king of Babylon to uh, have the poor have what they never had or could have under Israel's reign. So, now Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, gave charge concerning Jeremiah to Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, saying, now it's interesting here, and this lets you know that, guess what, that um Nebuchadnezzar knew what Jeremiah had been saying, okay? He knew that he kept telling the people of Jerusalem, just hand yourselves over to the Chaldeans. Hand yourselves over to the Chaldeans. And if you do, then you're going to live. The king of Babylon knew that. So what did um, Nebuchadnezzar say to Jeremiah? Jeremiah? or about Jeremiah take him and look well to him and do him no harm but do unto him even as he shall say unto thee so the thing is this that Jeremiah did as God told him to do even during the tough times Jeremiah never broke the law Jeremiah never went against what God wanted him to do you see but The thing is, if you do what God wants you to do, and you don't break the law doing it, then God will protect you, as he protected Jeremiah. Jeremiah had more work to do. And he said, you know, whatever he wants, you um, tell him. You know, you do what he tells you to do, verse 13. So Nebuchadnezzar Zaradon, the captain of the guard, sent, and Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar, and Sharizar, Rabmag, and all the king of Babylon princes, even they sent, and took Jeremiah out of the court of the prison. So it is interesting that all the princes of Zedekiah wanted only harm to be done to Jeremiah, okay? Or they threw him in prison. They didn't care if he died. They threw him in a the pit. They hated him. And they were his people, you see. And now you've got all the princes of the enemy <laughs> there helping Jeremiah and treating him well. You see the irony? And God's showing you, even with your enemies, I can make them, you know, preach you good. And so even they sent and took Jeremiah out of the court of the prison and committed him unto Gedaliah, the son of Ahakim, the son of Shaphan, that he should carry him home so he dwelt among his people. So you guess what? Jeremiah got what God promised, which is, You do what I tell you to do, and then I'll take care of you. Now, the word of the Lord, verse 15, came unto Jeremiah while he was shut up in the court of the prison, saying, so this was before, okay, this was before that they had come, just so you understand. They hadn't let him go yet. But the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah while he was still in the prison, saying, go and speak to... Ebi Melech, the Ethiopian, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. It's interesting that the Ethiopian was the one that helped and saved Jeremiah. And so of course God was going to repay him for doing that. You understand? I will bring my word upon this city for evil and not for good, God saying. So Jeremiah, let him know that this city has turned their back on me. And they shall be accomplished in that day before thee. Okay, so it's going to end. It's going to be burned. It's going to be destroyed. If you work against God, Christians, I'm talking to you, if you work against God, then God will destroy you. He will harm you. You'll lose your blessings. You're not going to like it a lot. So this is our example, Paul told us in the Corinthians. Everything that happened to Israel is for our example. So understand that when you work against God and don't do what he wants you to do, trouble happens. But the Ethiopian, he did what God wanted, and that was to protect Jeremiah. So this is his um, reward, Seventeen. But I will deliver thee in that day, saith the Lord, and thou shalt not be given into the hands of men who thou art afraid. Because you see, when they came in, they killed all the people that were connected to the king. We just read that. They killed all the princes, all the people in the house, all the rich people, all the people of the king's court. All of them were killed. Meaning all the eunuchs would have been killed because he was a eunuch in the king's house. But God was... uh, told Jeremiah to let the Ethiopian know that he was not going to be killed like the rest. And thou shalt not be given into the hand of them that you're afraid. So, of course, he was afraid, for I, God, will deliver, surely deliver thee, and thou shalt not fall by the sword. But thy life shall be for prey unto thee, because thou hast put thy trust in me, Say the Lord. So you see, so my favorite verse in the Bible says, Cursed is he that trusteth in man. That's human. I don't care who the human is. Do not trust humans for your soul. Don't do it. But blessed is he that trusteth the Lord. Um, the Lord God Almighty. Because guess what? That's the person... That is going to be blessed by God. So, um, I, for one, as the Ethiopian here, I don't trust humans. Humans are not to be trusted. Uh, nothing that humans say or do can be trusted concerning your soul. Make sure you're following and trusting in God, trusting in Jesus Christ, so that you know what the truth is, not trusting in the men had corrupted the words of Jesus and what he told us to do, you see. The thing is this, that for Christians, they're in the same boat as the uh, people of Jerusalem were. They're not following what Jesus told us to do. All you have to do is go to the churches today That's all you have. Go to the churches today. Which of them are doing anything that Jesus taught us to do? None of them. I haven't found a one. Well, they could say they are here and there and all this nonsense, but they aren't. They're not doing what Jesus told us to do. They've corrupted the truth of what Paul showed us and what Jesus taught us, and they've made this nonsense stuff that they do in the churches. And guess what? My second favorite verse in the whole Bible is in Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For those who don't know, this is Christians being spoken to, not non-believers. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who... What? What? Who is it? Who is these men? Are these uh, regular people of the world? No. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Christians, guess what? If you're doing what you're not supposed to be doing, you're going to get punished and you will feel the wrath of God. And next time we're going to pick it up in Jeremiah chapter 40. And find out what happens next. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?